Welcome to the Embodiment Industry Leaders Podcast with your host, Asher Rubenstein. In this podcast, I chat with some of the most gifted embodiment practitioners and some of the most successful entrepreneurs in our industry. We explore the major challenges and the new opportunities to get ahead in healing, in growth, and in business. So sit back, relax, and listen in for some really powerful wisdom on how you can become a better coach, a better facilitator, and a more successful entrepreneur. For those of you who are watching and don't know who Tashka is, I've got this beautifully written description of Tashka. Tashka fuses science, somatics, meridians, breathwork, sound therapy, quantum visualization, and tantra. Tashka was born and bred in Central Australia. She self-produces medicine music on the East Coast and liberates purpose-driven creators through her transformative online platforms. How'd I do with that one? It's good. I would... <laughs> yeah, seems to cover it all. Great, great. <laughs> so that that's a big a big description. But in your own words, Tashka, I'm curious about who you help and how do you help them. Mm. Who I help comes from a why of staying ever connected to that inner child in me who when I left school, when I was young, when I was going through the ropes of wanting to choose my path and my passion as my profession. As a creative and as an artist, it was always something that was not um, supported fantastically in this typical academic um, bureaucratic world, right? It's not the path that we choose as artists, as creatives, and walking the path of spirit is something that we have to find our own way with and through forging that I've been through so many really interesting experiences like from turning down sort of big deals that I thought that I still wonder to this day how my life would be different if I'd gone a different path that sliding door and so I essentially am helping the young versions of me and even the the current versions of me because I'm still the best way that I learn and have evolved and grown as an artist is through connecting with others and being on the job in the moments, in those roles. And so providing those opportunities, putting yourself out there and sharing that process along the way is so important so that everybody gets to feel seen and heard and rise together in that path of their own walking. Beautiful. Mm. So I'm hearing so you, answer you, in, a, in a sentence. Yeah. It sounds like you help artists like, like create art and share it with the world. I think I'm like, yeah, I do. Yes, you're right. And I, th- I think it's like a soul. I help people just, you know, it's like that purpose coach kind of energy. It's like helping people come into their calling and let their spark be seen and be heard. Um, yeah. That's my cool. main passion. It seems to be what I, I I light up the most about. And on top of that, I'm just a creator myself, and that's the fun, that's the thing that sometimes gets forgotten about when we're when we have to create a business out of it. So, I want people to really understand a bit about who you are, so that when they hear their your wisdom, they're really understanding and appreciate it when it comes from. So, Tashka, I see you someone who is an artist and and a quirky, eccentric, like amazing star of a human and also someone who's running a really successful business and a lot of artists 
they think that they have to make this choice between like commercial success and art. Mm. And and I see you as someone like I see that the content you put out on socials and like like I think it was last month you were recording an album in the rainforest and doing these beautiful pieces. And also you're someone who's like really making a difference in the world. You're selling products, you're selling services, you're creating commercial success at the same time. And I think this is a really important role model for artists who are out there who want to see that that's possible. So yeah, I'd, I'd like I'd, I'd love to hear you speak about um, how is it possible to be a creative and an artist and have commercial success at the same time. It, yeah, it's dedication. That's the first thing that comes up. Like for me, I'm married to my art and and live and breathe it morning and night and perhaps I'm a bit more obsessed than some but I think when you want to be I was just talking to a film score composer I've you know got an opportunity to talk to someone who might be able to help me step up into some areas of my field and you know he got four hours sleep and is back at the job and it's just like on a deadline it's just like you don't have to choose that path where you're drilling your body and that's something that I'm trying to like I just want to add in is almost like a little clause or a thing that is really really important in this path because I have burnt out before I'm my body has like shut down a little bit because I was riding so high on my success and it was really exciting and that happened for me in 2020 where you know I think this path split two ways for a lot of people some people it was a really hard time and other people it wasn't it was a time where everything could lift off and launch because the world stood up and paid attention in a different way online and I was able mm. to launch my online business in a way where people wanted to come to do music and embodiment in an online space whereas before that people were like no nah, I want to do it in person you know they didn't get it and also as a deliverer and a creator, you had to find different ways to be able to work with what was happening. And I think that is one of the big keys is it's kind of like my, that example of mum showing me how to just turn it into something else. Um, that rolling, that whole, and I just, I just, I feel like you have to approach life creatively to be a successful creative and you have to listen to, and but what I learned in that that I like can't stress enough for everybody, and th- there might be people relating to this, is to the set that on level two of my mastermind. So I run a weekly mastermind with um, creatives, helping them reach and teach their music. Um, and we're recording our albums and we're releasing compilation at the end of the year, which is going to be released at the Global Sound Summit. So, and I'm like encouraging these people who have signed up with me to step up in their own prowess and be able to present at the end of the year to have a product to present with. So basically all the things that I've been going through and fleshing out in my own world that's working, I'm delivering, I'm sharing, I'm creating content library around that and creating eventually over by the end of the year it's sort of happening now this double-sided marketplace where people can find each other and work with each other so it's bigger than me it's beyond me and next year I want it to grow big enough that I can step back from that and other people be facilitating and it's running itself that's my vision which is creating the the sound school that I wanted when I stepped out of school and had to learn how to be a creative artist and do all the things that over the last 20 years like believe it or not I'm nearly 40. So uh back to 
the important thing, level two, one of the things I, I can't, and you can't, you know how you you share something and you know it's really important, but until someone goes through it, they're just not going to get it. And I know that a lot of people, it doesn't fully land in the way I really know it needs to, but you kind of have to make the mistake to know not to make it again. And that is, and it's kind of like we were talking about, you were mentioning before that mess becomes your message and your dust becomes your diamonds and your trash becomes your treasure. And in life, the, and this is the thing, I've coined this quote, what if the thing you came in this life to do is the hardest thing you had to go through? So in this recognition of how our mess becomes our message is, when we're going through the really hard stuff, the stuff maybe, maybe it's a recurring cycle that we just can't break. Maybe we've just hit rock bottom and we don't know if we can get out. The strength, the tenacity, the mastery, the wisdom, the effort, the devotion, we have to push ourselves through to be able to finally overcome it. That muscle becomes so strong. We've had to flex it so much whether we liked it or not, that we actually kind of become an expert at it. We become our own sense of mastery to overcome that thing in our own life. So if we can actually persist and stay with ourselves enough to go and overcome that thing, it'll end up being what people come to us for because we have so much wisdom around it just to have gotten through it. And the perfect example of this with me is that growing up as a teenager when I listened to all my old songs I used to play gigs my voice was I thought shit I listened back to them I could never fully sing always like I was pitchy my texture was all over the place I had no idea what I was doing and I tried and people seemed to like my voice but man I cringed every single time I listened back to my voice every time I had and, and I would cry over this sometimes because I wanted it so bad and I struggled so much and I wasn't that generic amazing Beyonce singer I had to find my own fingerprint with my voice I had to realize that I sound very different from a mainstream kind of go to your music teacher and learn how to sing. And and so that's why the medicine musical was so powerful for me too, because suddenly I was doing different weird things with my voice that felt like I was channeling, you know, some far off part of my ancestry in my cells, or I'm bringing in sounds of the land through my body and all these things I would never have expected. And then, and then I found my voice. I felt like I fell in love with my voice because I let it be itself I let the fingerprint of who I am shine through sonically. And then guess what? What do people come to me for now? (laughs) That. And that's the irony. It was my biggest hurdle. I hated my voice. I'd cry of it all through my 20s. It was such a struggle for me. And suddenly in my 30s, I went through my hero's journey and found my signature sound with that. And I suddenly got it so well that I'm able to help anybody who comes in front of me from an opera singer who's been taught how to do the most you know perfect model of this structured system and 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 they want to let go and find their own Mm. sound Mm. to somebody who's never sung before you know and I just can't recommend enough to people to just go you have to have that journey with yourself and what just finalizing that level two in the mastermind and is, you know, sacral energy, which is about our flow, 
And it's about being able to look at with that, what's our life timing? Are you really great in the mornings or terrible in the mornings? How much can you take on a week before it's too much? And if you don't design, like I see a lot of coaching businesses and systems out there that are just like, you don't need sleep. You can just keep going, put your energy into it, push, push, go, 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 like hustle, hustle, grind. That shit will F you up, man. It will. And it's also not a quality of life that you need to be willing to live. And so find that resonance with yourself. Find what makes you happy because when you are glowing in your own truth, that is when people are going to stand up and pay attention to you for you. Mm, Beautiful. Yeah, that's really inspiring and so on point, Tashka. It 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 um Mega the thing rant. that sorry? Mega rant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's good. I love it. I just hit the play button and Tashka goes. It's so good. It's so good and poetic. Mm. That that the thing that 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 I really want to emphasize from what you're saying is that like humans are adaptive by nature. We adapt, we evolve, we grow. And where we put our presence and our intention and our consciousness, our energy flows there and our results grow there. And um, it's it's really an important question to ask, where are you going to put your presence? Where are you going to put your intention? Where are you going to grow? Well, are you going to grow? Some people don't even choose to grow. But if we, if we accept that we're going to grow and we're going to actualize and expand, then where are we going to put our attention? And so often I see people putting the things, the attention on the things that got them a little bit of success in the past or, or the thing that feels safe and they look away from the real growth edge. So for me, like I was, I was praised in high school for being good at math. And I became a math tutor and then, and then I became, I became a video game designer, but it was very much like structure and, and systems. And that was the the thing that my ego thought, this is how you're going to get success in this world. And so I kept pursuing it, but, um, it led me down a path of dissatisfaction. I wasn't influencing the culture in a way that that was meaningful for me. I wasn't making the difference that something deeper down was calling for me to make, and it was boring. It was easy, but it was boring. <laughs> so um, at some point I pivoted. I was like, okay, mm. there's there's something missing from my life. And it was my emotional body that revealed to me. Mm. It's like the the dissatisfaction of of the the life that that my fr- family was proud of mm. and my friends saw as high status, but was not fulfilling for me. And it and it took a courageous leap to step out of the corporate job and start doing entrepreneurship and all the big defining moments in my entrepreneurial journey have when I've been like, okay, I see that I have an Achilles heel. I see that there's this thing that I'm ignoring that I'm not facing that's uncomfortable. And when I turned towards it and leaned in, I didn't lose all my other strengths. They came with me, but I became a more well-rounded person and, and, and created this like big exponential growth in, in my sometimes in my commercial success and sometimes in my own personal fulfillment and usually both. Um, and, and bloom is an amazing example of that. So I'll share my bloom story and then we can hear your bloom story. So bloom is a festival that I 
directed, founded, we, we built a festival out of nothing and we had 200 people for four days. Um, how's the sound going? That's Is it good. all good? I just want to put it behind me so it's not hitting my earrings. Cool, cool. Yeah, so so I, I founded this festival called Bloom, 200-person dance and embodiment transformational festival. Tashka was one of our an amazing performer and facilitator. And I knew at that point, like, but prior to that, most of the businesses that I'd been operating in, I was kind of the behind the, I, I was the integrator to the visionary. There's this concept in rocket fuel of the visionary and the integrator. The visionary is typically like a charismatic leader who comes up with the concept. And then the integrator translates that into reality and, and hires the staff, manages the staff, deals with the detail, has their head to the the ground. And I'd loved that life, but I wanted to, to, to try out visionary. I wanted to be the visionary and be the leader of the business and do something that um, had a deeper calling for me that, that was aligned with my passion and my inspiration and my unique contribution. And, and what it meant was being the star, being the front face of something and taking the risk of showing up in public and saying, Hey, there's this new thing this thing that that someone hasn't done before around these parts and and come with me and it's going to be awesome it's going to be a really satisfying experience and and like kind of leading the people in a new direction mm. and and that was a new skill for me like i'd never done that and leaning into that my whole it's like my whole personality structure opened up and i learned how to do so many things that i couldn't before and that it's like running that festival ticked a box off on my my soul's bucket list. It was like not even the rational thing, not the obvious next step, but it was something that I needed to do. Um, and you and did it, was, it so well. Thank you. Thank you. You did exactly what you said. You brought something that hasn't really been done quite like that before. Yeah. Yeah, it was unique in the sense that it was like transformational and a festival and ecstatic dance and so many beautiful elements. Um, and the thing that I that I got out of it was a confidence to show up. Essentially, it was a confidence to show up in front of other people. Like I was promoting it on socials and talking about my personal journey every single day for months and um, revealing myself to the world. There's a courage in that. It's so beautiful. And now like since that festival's ended, I know I can do that for anything now. I know next time, like I'm thinking about programs and products I want to offer. And I know that I can put myself out there and be courageous in that way. And it's opened up my sense of what's possible in business more than ever before. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that it's done is it's unlocked the next step in the journey, which is restraint. <laughs> So like I, I've oh. some part of my personality structure has proven that I can do something really big. And now I've got, I found somehow that has given me permission to be a bit smaller. Like I'm not hustling so hard and I've slowed down and I'm giving myself time to breathe and reflect and heal and like nurture myself and, 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 and find that like, like, as you said, the flow, the healthy flow. But until I'd done that big fucking hero's journey, I, I couldn't give myself permission and now I can. And yeah. there's no way I could have predicted that coming off that festival, that this would be the next chapter. 
um, but it's needed. Anyway, I, I can tell you have lots I, to say, so I, I'm going to hand I, over to I, you. Yeah, you, you've hit so many amazing nails on the head. Like I just, um, yeah, and that last thing you just said about until you've done that, it's like you needed to birth that for yourself to be able to get to a point. And I felt like that with my medicine music, like nobody really knew who I was. And even if I was promoting myself online and trying to do anything, I was a nobody until I'd proven myself. And once I'd brought something magic into the world and I did it, my, my ethos was to, I'm doing it for me. Like I have to love the music first. And, and so that was my intention the whole way through. And the fact that the world responded so powerfully to it was just like, I've been flying since then exactly in those ways. But I really, really relate to what you say about the permission to contract because um, that's exactly what has been like, you know, I could be, I could be pushing myself a lot more. I could be like driving a massive team right now. I could be probably bringing in massive sales every month, but I'm trying to focus on building the foundations of this business in a way that it's going to grow in an like an organic way that feels nurturing like I just think it's so there's so much in this where you know this conscious community coaching world and stuff that we're in it's becoming more and more popular and I can see you know it's so funny as you go through the ropes and you get your little initiations to you know when you finally make your 10k month or your 20k month or you you know something works and or you're getting conversions or you're making your high ticket sale or or people are just coming to your online event or your in-person event you know all these little milestones where you suddenly go I can do it I think yeah what you nailed there with just actually not having to constantly like I'm never losing my passion and I think you're the same like it's it's just impossible for me to stop creating I'm obsessed I'm always on the go with the next idea and the next business thing but my urgency that and you know what the key I think is and I and what you just said actually now that I'm now that I'm there that urgency is gone because I my worthiness and my relationship to it in myself has shifted before I felt like this energy of running out of time I'm wasting my life and why did my parents even have me and I'm just ruined being here. Like <laughs> these might have been my little shadows underneath, like when I'm not achieving to the degree that I wanted to be achieving. And this all this unworthiness stuff behind, you know, making my success and making my money. And my burnout was the key for me dissolving that because suddenly when I had, and this was at the end of 2020 into the beginning of 2021 for me, because it was just, I went so hard. I was just like, exactly like you said like this huge wave of riding this like wow this is working and I just went really really on and I was like releasing album and running this business blah 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 too many things at once um and suddenly it was all whipped out from underneath me and I wondered if I'd ever be able to you know I became boring in my own eyes I just suddenly all I did was I went on this big cleanse I had no stimulants, no cacao, no coffee, no, no nothing. Barely I was able to eat fruit because, you know, there was all these particular things you could eat. And I felt like I became really beige. That was my words. And I would sit there and then suddenly this thing happened where I just became super zen. I was eating my little chia seeds 
and so slowly chewing every seed in my mouth as if the process of eating this was the most amazing moment of my life. And the way the wind came in and hit my skin and I felt I went from this falling apart and disintegrating person and feeling like I wasn't worthy because I wasn't being my excitable self. Like, you know, you look at me, look, my energy, my natural energy is I'm giving off, I'm exuberant. And I lost all that. I became beige. And mm. so then my really, I was like, who, like, I'm not worth, like, who am I without that? That's what I thought my worth and value was tied in being able to give off this energy and this light and to ignite it in others. And when I had nothing left in me to do that, who was I? It was the most confronting thing I've ever been through because everything about the identity of who I thought I was, of what I was meant to be here in the world to do and why people loved me was taken from me. It was the most important thing I could have ever gone through because in that moment, having my little enlightened chia seed munch, feeling the wind on my skin, being really beige and still and boring, I found this insane peace. I suddenly was just like, it's okay if I never achieved anything else because I, I, this, this act of being alive and how much of a miracle it was to be sitting there chewing these chia seeds with little sunlight on my face. And, like, and this is what shifted for me. And this is a big thing. Before this moment, when I tried to achieve things, I had stress in my body. I had fear in my body. I felt like, what if I don't get enough sales? What if people don't show up? All of that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, that routine my, inspection thing. Yeah, yeah. My housemate booked in my smoke alarm inspection at a really unfortunate time. <laughs> All good. That happened All to us good. two days ago. Yeah. That's hilarious. I feel like it this is poetically appropriate for this podcast. I might even leave it in. Why not? As um, part of the his sexy needs the- can be in the picture. What <laughs> as long as he's you Black said you got sexy names. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, is there one more room? Uh, it's a garage. Yeah, there's one more. Yeah. Okay. Back. That's hilarious. And you know what? Anyone watching might find that a highlight. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I mean, it's like this is the reality of 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 entrepreneurship and this is the reality of art like it's a comedy of errors we're constantly making mistakes if you're not messing things up yeah then like you're not taking enough risks yeah totally line of the century there yeah yeah and that's the thing when we haven't done our personal work and this is ties into just finishing off where what i was saying when we haven't done our personal work then everything feels like a personal attack and we, we can't take mistake. We can't make mistakes because we feel like it's the worst thing in the world and we're a horrible person. We might as well die or something, you know, wherever, wherever the chain goes to when we get to the bottom of that rattle of the underneath layers. Like, you know, if I make a mistake, I'm, I'm not worth being here. If I, you know, all of this stuff. So I think the key, the comedy of errors, like you said, and, and in that moment for me, I went from being that person who, was so hungry to achieve and felt like if I didn't hurry up and do it, then I'm not worth being here to just feeling like, you know what, 
I'm so grateful to be alive, which I thought I'd already got done all that. I was already a spiritual person, but you, when you get confronted with it all being taken away from you, I tell you what you are, it's a whole nother level, you know? Mm-hmm. And ever since that moment, I have approached my business and my success in a completely different way where my embodiment and, and looking after me and my relationship to myself and how I feel about what I'm putting out there, even if whether people dive in or not. And I've actually been more successful more easily since. Like that was after that moment that that's when I made my 10K and 20K months, you know, that's when I, which, you know, and I've done it in a way where I'm not compromising my health and my passion and my 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 beingness. I love sitting there and doing nothing and just connecting with wind and nature, making weird noises and rolling around. Yeah. That's my jam. Like I'm like, yeah. probably should be really yeah, motivated right now and working my business, but I'm just gonna lie here for a bit longer and make more moaning so it sounds, you know, like and that's important. Like if you don't have that involved in it, then then what are you doing it for? You're doing it because you're doing it out of fear, out of unworthiness, out of like hustle, out of I have to do that. You yeah. know, that, that energy comes through in your sales. That's yeah. that's the difference. Yeah, totally, totally. And I I I just want to echo this same journey so that the people hearing can see how this is such a an archetypal pattern in in entrepreneurship. Like when I my business also really grew during COVID because everyone was going online and I was helping people bring their businesses online. And I went from 70K per year in revenue to 250K per year in revenue in like a year. And and the drivers for me were, how big can I grow this business? How much money can I make? And how happy can I make my clients? And um, at the end of that, I was a I was a husk. I was exhausted. I was burnt out. I was, I was bitter. I just wasn't really the kind of person who I wanted to be. And I realized that my values needed more nuance. Like it wasn't enough to value income and impact. Like I actually had to value the quality of my life. Yes. Um, and, Mm -hmm. and, and so I actually like had at one point I just liquidated that whole business. I just couldn't keep going. I just like, I have to stop. I can start again if I want to, but this has to end. Cause, and I felt like in entrepreneurship, we like take this path and we discover that it's a dead end and we backtrack and then we take another path and we learn how that's a dead end and we backtrack, but we got a little bit further and there's this forward and backward and this two steps forward, one step back. The step back can sometimes feel like it's five steps back, but but we're constantly nuancing and evolving our values and what we're moving towards. And then after that, that like brutal exhaustion, it took me like a good maybe six months of just like doing part-time work and and doing embodiment practice and therapy and catharsis and plant medicine and like finding out who I am um, outside of my business because I, I had become nothing outside of my business. And and then the inspiration for these festivals started to dive in. And 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 with with Bloom, that was something that achieved a level of success and creation that I'd never done before, but I still burnt myself out. Mm. but but the gift what i'm noticing is that 
the recovery period, it wasn't six months. It was actually one month. Mm. So I had to relearn that same lesson and I may, maybe I'll even have to relearn it again. I don't know, but I'm going to keep going and keep nuancing. And in, in the, the, the wake of bloom, it was one of the first times where like, I've given myself permission to not launch any major projects until I'm 100% ready. And um, in the wake of that, I'm really meeting the parts of myself that I could not reveal earlier on in my entrepreneurial journey or didn't believe that I could reveal or didn't have the skill to reveal. And it's like this brooding, bitter, like that the uglier parts of my personality and really giving myself spaciousness to actually be with them. And I can see how what, what's, what they've revealed to me is that like, I have a, a beautiful drive for creation and a beautiful drive for, for transforming the world and making a beautiful impact and all these beautiful drives. But there's also a 15 year old in there who was pissed off at school and socially rejected and was like, I'm going to show you all, I'm going to be commercially successful and you're going to regret teasing me and bullying me and fuck you. There's this like bitter. (laughs) And that's the part of me that overrides my sensitivity. And that's Mm. the part of me that pushes too hard when I should rest. Mm. And, and, and it's like, I can see this adaptive, part of my psyche that has given me massive determination but is ultimately unsustainable and so what i'm discovering is that there's a there's a cleaner healthier drive cleaner healthier motivation for creation Mm. and then it's slower and more patient and more beautiful and and more relaxed and um there's more of an internal harmony and a resilience in that yeah you've nailed it and there's so many things I want to just like jam straight off the bat of that like because I could be um hustling really hard and making a lot more money every month and and mentoring a lot more people but then at what expense what capacity for my own art for my own creation like how you know and so that's why I'm just like really humming along with that but something I realized comes to mind here that really popped up when you're sharing all that um when I released my first medicine music album, like that was the first, it was like having my first baby. Like it, I, as a woman, I think about if I'm going to have children, man, and I've seen, I've been at two births, like real actual births and um, three actually. And the two of them were first times for those women. And you, I could see the difference in the second time. Mm-hmm as opposed to the first time where you've never been through that before you like, you know, it, you know, your body probably knows what to do and it's scary as fuck all the things like, and you have to run that marathon. You like women have to go through so much. Like I can, this is why they call it a miracle. Like every single head that exists in this world had to pop out that way. And it is a miracle. I tell you what, if you've never been to a birth, holy shamoli, it's huge. And you don't just like sit there and go walk in the park, tra la la. It's like she has to put in everything, not only for nine months, but to get to that like next, the bit of putting it out. Like it's like, man, it's a lot. And I feel like that when I went through that first album, that was my first birthing. I'd never done it fully on my own that way before from start to finish, recorded everything, mixed everything myself got it when got it mastered by a you know friend where I was really part of the process 
design my own album cover, figured out how to get it to the CD pressing company, and then made this whole online journey that went with my album so that people could um, journey through those tracks with me and I could like offer something more than just music because people want an experience these days because we're saturated with music and you, you know it's in something else personal needed to be attached to that and that was me blending the music and the coaching world and formula so there was a lot like I like that we talk about burnout like man I was dead that was my that was when I had like the end of 2020 it really did voice ran voice dance like two or three times a year and released that album. And I was working full-time teaching and lecturing at a, you know, music uni. (laughs) It was just stupid. And, and I was, and and I had this realization. And then the second time I released the album, it was not as hard, but I still ran that marathon. I still had to put that head through. I had to, it was, it was still intense it was a different, the different section of it, of it was intense. That wasn't the last time because it's a different birthing. But I think I realized something, which is, yes, we have to have a quality of life that nurtures us and have that flow and that essence. Yet, sometimes with great things like birthing a human being through the world, it just is, you have to put everything into it. So yeah. you are going to have to have that recoup time. There's no escaping that. The mother doesn't just pop the baby out and then she's like, tra-la-la, let's go dancing. She's like <laughs> resting and recuperating all that body and energy. So I think what we get better at is understanding how to set the right um, stages and infrastructure in place for ourselves to go through because sometimes when we give ourselves great things like you doing Bloom Festival, that was your birthing. There was no way you were coming out of that without being a little bit freaking exhausted. Like you, you know, you had to push that head through. You had to put everything into it. If you weren't doing it, no one else was going to do it for you. Like it all rode on you. And I think as artists, we also have to remember that, like if you're going to do an undertaking, it will take everything out of you if it's big and you have to prepare the in the stages afterwards to not have anything on your plate to be able to have that rest time to maybe whilst you're in the middle of that birthing that you've got someone there to hold your hand and squeeze it really tight, you know, like that you've got your, your, your buddies and your helpers. So I think that is also the key because we can't escape that some things in life just do take it out of us. And Mm. that's what great things can come from. Amen. Amen. Sister. (laughs) Preach. Preach. (laughs) The birthing and everything. I'm so dramatic. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's great. It's great. It's it's so apt. It's so apt. Um, I'm curious, Tashka, about how you relate with social media. I find that this is like such a common challenge for entrepreneurs. Um, I find like s- social media is like a, it's like a, a demon um, or like a hypnosis. Like you, you go in to try and share your message and then you can get sucked into it, into consuming other people's messages. Mm. And and it's designed to play on our mm, insecurities and, and try and prove to ourselves and to the world. Like it's very egoic. It's a, it's a strong egoic trap and it's a, it's an amazing tool. 
Like Mm -hmm. if we didn't have social media, it would be so, so challenging to reach the people that we get to reach. So I'm incredibly grateful for it, but it's kind of like a high risk, high return. It's a challenging psychological environment. And um, yeah, I'm curious about how you navigate that, that part of business. Yeah, everything you say is so, so true. <sighs> you know, I think about, because I I feel like I'm a spectrum. <laughs> I've never, some people it's like you meet them and you hang out with them and they're pretty much, you get the same thing from them steady across the board. Like some people that's maybe their superpowers. They're just really, you know, on the level or something. For me, I, every day is different and that's part of being my journey is meeting myself where I'm at and being my own best friend and learning how to support me through that. So I can schedule things, but if I'm not in the right energy for it, then I need to do something else in then what I plan in my schedule. Like, and when it comes to creativity, boom, next minute, I just feel like writing a song and everything else are out the window and the song has precedence. Like you can't, you know, trump create the creative spirit and that essence and energy. So when it comes to social media, I kind of treat it the same. And I do, I haven't got it completely nutted out, but this is what I've figured out for myself. Because I, like everybody, I think in my opinion, and I noticed this, like all of us older, older crew, we're like immigrants. We weren't born native to technology being there all the time at our fingertips. You know, we weren't brought up with iPad. Like I only had a bloody, my own mobile phone in my mid to late teens and it had Snake on it. <laughs> I remember Snake. I love that game. I love that game. And, um, you know, I think the equivalent of like, also I didn't join Facebook to my late teens, early 20s because and, and I was in MySpace. That was what was the thing because I was a creator and an artist. So I had my own MySpace and put my music up on there, right? Like, you know, all of this stuff was new. So we're immigrants. So I, I have noticed, and as a teacher who's taught piano and singing and songwriting and all this stuff for 20 years, I have noticed a massive change in young people to mm. when technology was still, like right now it's just like it's, it's breathing air. It's everywhere. It wasn't so much like that at the beginning of my teaching journey. Like I said, because I started teaching once 18. Mm. So mm. Um, that stuff was still only just taking hold then. And my students used to be very um, okay with having to practice something over and over again to get it. These days, what I see very common is people feel like if they don't get it straight away, they're a failure because we've got these technology, instant gratification, press a button, and then it gives you a reaction and then you can move on to the next thing. So our brains are learning less how to have a patience and a consistency over time because machines do it for us. And if we're not getting that instant feedback response, we feel like we can't see a result. That's something I've noticed massively in the 20 years of teaching music. And so I gamify my teaching as much as possible to try and sort of sort that out. And coming into your response of my own experience, well, I have noticed that and I and I believe and I see this for the whole of humanity is it's one of our biggest addictions. You know, yeah, we talk yeah. about AA and 
all these different drugs and stuff. It's like, well, tech drug is real and it's huge. And when I, you know, like every person, when you're going through a hard time, technology can either be your best friend or your worst enemy. If you're in an unhealthy relationship, I remember looking at every woman and every thing advertisement and just feeling like I'm a horrible piece of shit because I don't look like that. You know, it can be really brutal. Mm -hmm. And so I think the key is your everything, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Everything's a mirror. So if I don't have a good relationship with myself, that's going to be reflected in technology. So if you are having a struggle with yourself within yourself, then you're going to find Mm -hmm. social media is going to be like a demonic playground for everything to just, you know, and here's the difference. This week, someone trolled me hard. I've never really been Uh trolled like that before. They just left this big message about just dissing me um, and about the way I am and in in a, in a, but posed in this way of like, I'm trying to help you. It was really bizarre. (laughs) And obviously if they really cared, they would have written, you know, if if it was genuine, someone would write, you just wouldn't do it like that on a post, on a public post. You would reach out to someone personally. You would approach it differently. That would just, it was just obvious troll. I had to think about a few ways I was going to respond to that. I, part of me was like, you know, do I just, it's similar to like when you get inappropriate sort of sexual innuendo messages from random strangers on social media, like you have to know how to just discern or someone trying to sell you that they're going to read your fortune or, you know, like all these different, like everyone can attach and connect to you like succubuses. Like it's like this kind of parasitic world. And you have to actually have the skill to discern and have the boundaries to do the right thing mm-hmm. about it. So there was a part of me that thought, um, do I just delete it and block them? And then I was like, because mm. they weren't, it was, it, the way it was, if they were just being nasty straight out, like obvious, like swearing, whatever, that's just an immediate block. You just no use having that on your thought. But I was like, you know what, I'm just going to um, work with this. And I actually made an example of it. I screen recorded myself looking at it, talking about, I drew all over like my, add the video as I'm talking about what, what they've done and what they, sh- you know, if they cared, it would have been this and this is clear, blah, blah, blah. And I put it in my story and made it public. And I also acknowledge that, you know, someone said, oh, yeah, well, you do, you know, pout or whatever, or you do these things when you go on social media. And it's like, yeah, I, like everybody, I am a, a little bit addicted to filters now because it's like I don't have to go and worry about putting on makeup or doing my hair when I just put some cool, like, glow on the thing or whatever. It's like it's easy. So in some ways it makes us attached and addicted. In some ways it makes life more easier. Like I can just be myself without having to go and spend 15 minutes trying to present myself for the world. Like I love the convenience of filters for that. I can make myself look like an orange and not even care what I look like. Like, it's right. like that's fun and and I can be lighthearted. So there's that approach. As far as did you want to ask something? Am I going off track or? No, no, no. Keep going. I'm just making some notes about what I'm going to say next. Okay, good. So as far as the business aspect, so this is a few things. That it's fine. I love that you asked this because this has come up. First, I got trolled this week. Second, I had my own, like my my piano students, her mom asked me, well, do you think I should let her have an Instagram account? And so like, I'm like, 
her, the daughter's sitting there looking at me, like wanting me to answer for her and the mum's sitting there <laughs> you to be responsible. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. well, I'm just going to, I'm like, I'm just going to be honest because that, that's me. And so I just sh- shared like a little bit about like, you know, being discerning about having boundaries. And I said, well, you mm-hmm. know, she's mm-hmm. going to do it anyway, whether you like her to do it or not. So, but you, eventually that's what it's, you know, kids, if you, so you either going to know about it and you, are you going to be, you know, could you let her have it and be her friend and, and be part of the account? She just wants to chat to her friends, you know, in sure. rather because it's clunk. And I was like, it's clunky on the phone. You can't do that. You're not part of the group. It's, you know, she just wants to be part of the peers. So we had that whole discussion, but the reality is, and I want to do a post about this, is I've been curating and I just haven't finished it because I think a lot of, I see a bunch of influences and this really shits me off. Um, sometimes complain about how, like, why people are friends with them if they don't click on their stuff or support their music or this, that and the other. And I'm like, man, and then I see that that person barely engages with other people's accounts mm. unless mm-hmm. it's somebody that they're already coaching and is paying them money or, you know what I mean, like or their, yeah. best, their bestie. And that's fine. We get to choose what we do with our social media, but don't get on there and complain that no one's supporting you and you're not supporting anybody else. And this is the thing. For me and my ethos, when, when I, when I, if I'm going to go on there uh, and I see I'm a, I'm a very generous um, social media person every single person's post that I will see a little bit of and I like a little bit of their rant their vibe I will always love it I'll always chuck in a comment where and when I can I probably give a lot away and I and I do feel for people who struggle with that maybe I'm kind of good at it I'm a Gemini I don't freaking know I love to talk and engage and connect connection is my superpower and I can get sucked into it and addicted to it so I have to try and teach myself to have you know um boundaries yeah yeah just limitate restraint yeah yeah restraint and 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 Mm. rules and then sometimes my little rebel when i'm feeling what i've noticed is this and so i think social media reflects back to you you when i'm tired when i'm feeling depressed when i've got no energy or when i'm feeling a little bit lost and i don't have clarity around my passions and what i need to do next i scroll hole it's just reflecting the whole in my yeah <laughs> yeah i want to i want to i've had this thought a few times it's like if you don't know what to write cuz cuz really this a lot of the people who are listening to this podcast the people who are pr- building brand reputation they're building rapport with their audience and they're promoting they're launching and promoting and they're writing to to promote themselves mm-hmm. and and the thing that i that i keep thinking is if you don't know what to write you don't know what you're standing for mm. You don't know either. You don't know what you're trying to say. You don't know what's important. You don't know what you care about, or you haven't made that choice to care about something enough to write about it, or you don't, you haven't given yourself permission to say it regardless of whether people will get offended. Mm -hmm. So, so to, to, to people out there, I say like, if you're, if you're confused about what to write and you're getting stuck in the scroll, take a step back and choose what you're values are as a creator choose what message you're trying to share with the world and then start from that place what do you what do you care enough about to get trolled for to say to the world and on that point the thing the other thing that i want to share is a lot of people are afraid to write because they're afraid of harming their reputation or pissing people off or 
looking boring or looking offensive or too much, the risk is not getting attacked. If people don't like your stuff, they're probably not going to pay attention. The risk is actually not getting noticed at all as yeah. a promoter because there's so much stuff flying through social media. I heard Dane use this great metaphor. It's like posting on social media is like yelling um, from a moving car at people standing on the street. It's like, <laughs> hey, look at my thing. <laughs> You're like what? What did what did they just say? I've already scrolled past that and seen five cat videos. Yeah, it's it's um, yeah, it's the, there's a lot of wisdom in knowing what you stand for, being consistent, and saying it many, many, many times. Yeah, um, that, that's that, how people seem to cut through. That's how people definitely cut through on social media. It's well, yeah, and the algorithm and all lots of stuff. Like, if you're generous, it's similar, like they're saying, coaching, give, give, take. Like, if you give a lot, then people are going to warm to you and they're going to get a vibe for who you are and how you mm-hmm. work. And then they may actually want to invest in working with you. And I think social media is the same. Like, I noticed pretty early on that if I comment on someone's post, I'm going to see more of their images and posts come up. And likewise, if they're engaging with me, they're going to see more of mine. So if I want to keep people in my field, including them seeing my work, I need to engage with them. And that doesn't have to be hard to put a little heart or or a little comment, but I don't want to be ruled by it. And the other rule I have is that I do not post, uh, going off the back of what you just said, I do not post if I'm not feeling it. Like it's just because the similar to what I learned with my music. So when I'm singing a note, if I went into that recording studio back in my 20s, the air conditions on, it's cold, I, um, I'm not getting the take I want. It's frustrating. I'm feeling tense and stress in my body now. And you're hearing that in the, in the vocal take. At home, in my home studio, I set the lighting, put cool smells on, and just, you know, do all the things. I've got my cacao. Yeah, and it's foreplay. Yeah, there's no pressure and then I just nail the take straight away and I'm loving it. Social media is the same. If I am in my zone and loving it, and I even when I do a post that I really care about, I actually, the moment I press send, I tune in to like spirit, just just getting all weary here. I press send and I like summons up the energy and and I imagine as it's sending out, it's reaching and connecting to all the people who really need it to reach, who need to hear that for the day or, you know, and I see that landing and I see that happening. And if I'm not in that vibe where I'm, I'm fully engaged with my own message, which is an extension of my energy, then that's felt because I've noticed every single time I've just done a post without that energy or I don't care too much about it, it doesn't get a, as much traction. So the energy's real, man. <laughs> yeah, it well, it is. And and I mean it, it it's it's just a I'm gonna use a more technical way of describing a woo concept that I totally believe in. And it's like you, we can't understand we can't if we try and deconstruct and and fully comprehend what's going on that creates social media success we actually sterilize it we lose something if we're like well what's the script or the formula it's like you've got to feel it and you've got to be in the in the right emotional state and and when you're in that inspired state the the people can feel that it's 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 too slow to try and deconstruct you just got to get in the emotional energy of it yeah yeah 100 percent and 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 then when you're writing and you realize that you're not in the energy 
then the skill is not writing. It's actually being or embodying or clearing up your own energy so that when you write, it's just flowing through. I know. And just like off the back, if there's anybody listening to this and you're in a course that tells you you have to post every day, like when you're doing a launch, you are meant to like, obviously, if you've got like two weeks left before a cutoff and you've got, it's not an evergreen course. Like it's, it's, it's like, it's happening in that moment. Yes. Regular posting, people are going to see it, but that consistency, people are going to feel like you, you mean business and they're going to mm. see you as an authority. All of that's relevant. But if you're just general lately being you and, you know, I am just not, I refuse to be a slave to social media. And as long as I am staying engaged with my audience, so I, I'd kind of a couple of times a week will post on my story. At least once a week, I'll just get really into my story. And people seem to like it. Even when I wrote, posted the tr- person who trolled me, I had so many people sticking up for me and writing me nice messages. And, hmm. and so I could have either shrunk away from that and let it bother me. I could have deleted their posts. I could have had it playing on my mind. I could have been overly obsessed with, you know, analyzing myself from that. Or if you can't beat them, join them. Like I just turned that thing into the flower and just change it into something else. Like my mom taught me. And it just, it, I think that's the key, you know? So I don't know where I'm going. I'm getting hungry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll wrap up soon then. Yeah. yeah. I, well, there's a couple of pieces I'll touch on with socials and then we'll, we'll wrap up. I think one, one is like, yes, you do need to be in, in a, in the right energy to get, get impact, but it can become, um, uh, pressure. It can become a pressure to like, constantly being the right energy and constantly being checked and reviewed and on trial. Mm. And um, it's really important to give yourself permission to be all of yourself. And um, if you're, you know, coming on every day and you're like, okay, I've got to, I've got to perform for social media. I've got to be in the right energy. That's not it. That's not it. You got to find a way to be able to be in the right energy and for that to give you permission to be all of who you are at the same time, which yeah. kind of seems like a conflict, but all the deepest truths are like reconciliations of paradoxes. So I love that. Like I love how, it. Yeah. 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 So it's it's nuanced in the sense that you can be, you can be pissed off, you can be inspired, you can be mm-hmm. tired, you can be all these things uh, and be in the right energy at the same time. And it's about how you own it. It's about yeah. how you lean into it rather than resisting or shying away, I guess. 100%. 100%. This week I've done all of it. This week I've had, I've done a, a, like a post that I didn't really care too much about. It got a bit of traction and stuff, but I was like, why did I even post that? Like I just thought about it later. I didn't really, it's not in my heart. Whereas over the weekend I was creating and all I could do was create. And so I wanted to share that and I shared it and people loved it before that I was a little bit sick because I, you know, I got food poisoning and then next minute I'm scroll holding all day and I can't stop. And so we go through these waves all this, all the time. And, and so for me, what I'm realizing is social media, is just my mirror. Yeah. I'm scroll holding yeah. when I'm bored inside. I'm sharing when I'm inspired inside. I'm obsessed with other people when I'm not happy with myself. You know, it's just mm. our mirror. Amen. I mean, it's like if you were to think of it like a relationship, like mm-hmm. with a lover, right? You'd 
if if you're if you're grounded and secure and and open then there's going to be a beautiful connection and if you're like needy or avoidant or insecure then that's going to make things more challenging yeah 100%. beautiful okay tashka well let's let's wrap up so you can get some food in you thank you so Otherwise, much we could talk forever because we're so exciting so exciting I've, I, this is a, this is a good one. I've, I've been super excited throughout this, this, yeah, we've, we've, we've dropped some real gold. I think people are going to get some really interesting stuff out of this. So thank you. And thank you for having me. I like love jamming with you. Maybe we should take that further sometime, somewhere in some way when we feel juicy enough to create, because there's a good synergy and appreciate what you do. And appreciate you giving me the opportunity to just share. Um, and you, you know, you've asked some really quality questions that, um, which is why we've had such a great conversation. And I think these topics are so important. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Thanks, darling. Um, Tashka, if people want to work with you, how can they find you? How can they reach out to you? Yeah. Well social media go you know message me or in my link tree on the link in my bio you'll see a whole bunch of things you can just check out my work as far as the things you can do with me my very like lowest entry point is a 50 dollar a month subscription where i'm taking people through my what i'm doing from now until the end of the year in releasing my album so they get to see behind the scenes who i am what i'm doing as far as how how did i convert you know, 6K in one month from just people buying music. Like nobody buys music. How did I do that? So I want to share that with other artists. Um, and through that's through all of the ethos of what I do, which is being me. So how can you be you? How can you offer something valuable? And within that, I'm also, whatever people are interested in, so I'm teaching, I'm doing some live vocal activations this Monday, or, you know, actually, never mind, because I don't know when you're posting this. I'm doing live vocal activations and keyboard lessons with whatever people want in that group so when we gather for a live sound party I do a performance and then we go behind the scenes and I do some hot seat coaching and things like that with people so that's a nice really easy way to just keep in touch with accessing my my passion my work or what I do as a creative the next level up is the mastermind where you're investing weekly to come and jump on and be part of an amazing community it's thriving it's beautiful there's some incredible music being written and created by the people in the group from all around the world and we will be yeah, launching that out compilation album as a group and part of the global summit sound summit at the end of the year and you can come and do in my beautiful little home studio space some embodied sort of voice and, and activated stuff where basically I've had people say they had tension in their neck since they were a teenager that all their life of like 40 years and being like, I've never felt my neck so free. And it was through them wow. connecting with their own self. So things like that can happen and it's magic. So yeah, just, if you feel the call, just reach out. Beautiful. Thank you, darling. Thanks. And uh, I'll see you soon.